Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. As always, I am your host, Adam Levy. Thank you so much for joining me, and I can't believe it, but we are already into the third episode of season number two of the podcast, episode number 23 overall. It really feels like things are moving very fast. Now, if you missed episodes one and two of season two, uh, we covered the Peterborough Lakers in the season premiere, and then we covered last week Stephen Keogh, one of the newest members of the Toronto Rock out east, and, and his impact on that new club, which happens to be his hometown team. So if you want to go listen to those episodes, please go check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. You can find it. Just search the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast. So without further ado, we'll sneak right into the Matrix this week. This week, we are headed out west for the first time this season, and we are going to cover a guy who has been balling out over the last three years. That is your hint it probably gives a lot away, but but maybe it doesn't. So anyway, without further ado, your numbers of this week are 8 and 75. So if you're ready to fill up on a bunch of delicious nuggets, let's get statistified inside the Matrix. Last year was a historic one in the National Lacrosse League. You saw Dane Smith nipping at the heels of his own record of points in a regular season. You saw Jeff Teat's remarkable rookie year. And you saw what Zach Courier was doing in transition with his caused turnovers and loose balls. And of course, there's been the myriad of stars that we generally talk about. The Lyle Thompsons, the Mark Matthews, Tom Schreiber's. But there's one guy, a guy on the Vancouver Warriors, and we're not talking about Reed Bowering here. We're talking about Keegan Ball, who is not only sixth in the National Lacrosse League last season in points with 99 of them, only one shy of that century mark, but he's been one of the most consistent players in the National Lacrosse League over the last three years. Keegan has scored 75 points per season over the last three seasons, and not only that, He is one of only eight guys in the entire league to average 75 or more points over the last three seasons, and even more so, five of those guys were first-round draft picks in their respective years. And then also, you have a guy like Callum Crawford, who's on that list, who was drafted in the second round, and then the only two third-round picks of those eight players, you've got Ryan Lee and you've got Keegan Ball. So Ball is in elite company, and that is why he is our featured guest of the week. Ball was drafted in the 2013 NLL draft by the Toronto Rock, but didn't play a game for them. Then he was signed and then released a couple times and put on the practice roster on the Vancouver Warriors roster, then of course the Vancouver Stealth but he didn't play a game in the National Lacrosse League until 2016 when he did make his National Lacrosse League debut for the Vancouver Stealth. In that 2016 season, he put up two goals and 14 assists across eight games and then unfortunately only played three games in 2017 before being cut by the Stealth. And then 
It gets a little rocky once again for Keegan Ball, being signed by the Colorado Mammoth, trying to fight his way onto the active roster, but it didn't work out there. Doesn't play a game in Colorado. And then a couple years later, now we're talking 2019, he is signed again by the Vancouver Warriors, and that's where it all begins. In that 2019 season for Keegan Ball, in 17 games, he posted 32 goals and 42 assists for 74 points. And then in that following year, that COVID-shortened season, in 13 games, he posted 13 goals and 39 assists for 52 points. And then that brings us to this past year where Keegan had his best year of his career so far with 44 goals and 55 assists for those 19 points in 17 games. But of course, you know, we've talked and we will be talking about those remarkable three years. But let's start with the lessons that Keegan learned from all the struggle to get to that point, because that's really who made him the player that he is today. Anytime you fail, you know, um, at the end of the day, it, it hurts. You know, it bruises your ego. You have to take a look in the mirror and ask, why did that happen? You know, I think there there are a lot of different ways to react to things that, that at the time are maybe negative. And, um, you know, certainly like in the moment during those times, it sucks. Um, I was disappointed, disappointed in myself. I, you know, I felt in certain situations that maybe I didn't deserve it. Maybe I did, but at the end of the day, it just made me work a lot harder and ask better questions about my game, about what I could improve on. And if I really wanted to be at this level and if I wanted to play, if I wanted to be as good as I possibly could, then I just had to get better. And and that was the only thing that I focused on and tried to focus more on the process of getting better and, continually improving and just enjoying that. Improvement doesn't happen overnight. And Keegan Ball has taken a a lot of responsibility on his shoulders to make sure that not only he is the best player he can be, but his teammates are the best they, they can be as well. And a lot of that work and dedication that he puts into the game comes from the amount of love that he has for this sport. When you do something that you love, it's not work. You know, it's fun. I love going to the rink. I love putting on my pads and tying on my shoes and just going out there and playing lacrosse. I mean, it's the funnest thing that I can do. And luckily for me, you know, I get to do it as, as a job. Um, and so, you know, there's no, there's, there's no time where I dread going to the rink. Um, so, you know, I just, I like to maximize my time there. And then in terms of getting there early, it was just something that came with maturity. Um, I just realized that I needed a little bit more time than other guys to get my head into it. And, um, you know, I, I like taking extra reps. So I just decided to get there early and it worked out for me. But it's not just all talk. Keegan can talk about hard work, dedication. He can talk about how much he loves the game. But then he also, as we've, we're, we're already starting to notice... He's really showing it by going out there and doing what he needs to do to to be the best teammate. Now, if you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear right now from Logan Shuss, his teammate, Ball's teammates from when he joined the Vancouver Warriors uh, several years ago. Logan talked about how Keegan is always the first one on the floor, and he's always doing the little things to make himself and the team better. 
yeah, I mean, last year he really stepped up into a, a number one uh, offensive role type guy for us since Mitch went down. And, you know, I think we've always looked at um, as baller as like a number one guy, like whether it's lefty or righty, he's the type of guy that, you know, a lot of the power plays are set up for him and a lot of success that he has. Um, he actually, he creates on his own. Like he's a pretty special player where he doesn't always need to have the ball in his stick. Like he's such an athlete that he can work off ball and find a good spot. And he's developed a, a great shot that he doesn't need, need a lot of time and room to, to get it off. You notice a lot of his goals are he does a dodge. He, he gets a little bit of open space and he just lets it rip right off his hip. So he's, uh, he's turned into like a great overall player that can dodge, he can shoot, he can pass. Um, so we, it's funny because we, we know how valuable he is as a player, but I, I still don't think that he gets like the, really the, the recognition or the respect of the entire league. Like he's still kind of under the radar type player, but like you said, he's putting up massive numbers year after year. He really, really stepped in and, um, got, got his shot with the Warriors, um, you know, he hasn't taken it for granted. He's, he's one of the guys that has continued to better himself off the floor, meaning just training sessions and, and workouts and just doing the little things. Like, he's a, he's the type of guy that, you know, if we have a game at, um, you know, 7 o'clock and usually everyone shows up around 5, he's there at, like, 4.15. He takes his own Uber to the game because he likes to get there extra early and he's stretching, he's, he's getting loose, he's uh, on the floor shooting, you know, two and a half hours before the game, just dialing in his uh, his shot and stuff. So I'd say he, he does the little stuff that nobody really sees. Um, and you have to do that to, to be a great player in this league. Speaking to another one of Keegan's offensive teammates, and this time I'm talking about Kyle Killen, who also had a career year last year. Killen recorded 43 goals and 16 assists for 59 points. It is important to note that that Keegan and Kyle were the only teammates last year to have 40-plus goals on a roster. So impressive to see, especially from two guys who who needed to step up. Uh, obviously, in the absence of, of Mitch Jones, who missed most of last season, one of the top point producers and goal scorers in the National Lacrosse League being out of the lineup. Uh, guys really needed to step up, and, and Killen talked about how Keegan made it easy to, to step up into the offensive roles and to, and to play together? Um, I mean, it was good. Obviously, it, it sucks to lose two people like that, especially, you know, Jonesy at pretty much the start of the year. Um, but, you know, I think Baller did a good job himself as kind of taking on, you know, that, that dominant role up on the offense. And it kind of made my job a little easier. All I had to do was kind of get in the right spots. And whenever I was in the right spots, he, he made sure I got the ball, which was which was nice. He's just versatile. I mean, um, you know, when when he's feeling it, he, he can step in and shoot the ball. And, you know, that kind of makes him respect him. And it kind of lets me get a little bit open, too. But, you know, he's, he's also a very good ball handler. Um, he, he stays calm for it the whole time. So he kind of lets the defense judge what they want him to do. And, and he has no problem doing whatever they want. And of course, when you've got that level of production from two guys, it's hard to deny that there's a strong amount of chemistry there between the two. And and Kyle added that not only do he and Keegan have chemistry on the floor, but he feels that the chemistry on the whole offensive side of the ball is quite strong, as well as for the defensive side of things, they also have a chemistry. It's just about making it all work as one flowing unit. I mean, the chemistry, I, I think you saw it last year. Um, I think we have it, definitely. Um, you know, definitely on the offensive end, I, I think we have 
that chemistry. And on the defensive end, they have they have that chemistry as well. So we just got to try to figure out how, as a team, we can build those two together to become uh, to become one. Having heard from from Keegan's teammates like Logan Truss and Kyle Killen, I think obviously it's important to hear what the coaching staff feels about uh, Keegan Ball and and what he can do. And obviously the Warriors, they they have a new coaching staff coming in, headlined by Troy Cordingly, a champion both as a player and a coach in the National Lacrosse League, has an amazing pedigree, and and his method and his his insight to the game is some of the best that that we've seen in this league so it's going to be very interesting to see his influence on the Vancouver Warriors and while he's still getting to know the players and and since we're talking about Keegan in particular there's still a lot for the coach to learn but even in his short time with the club he has an understanding of who Keegan is as a player and as a person and how beneficial Keegan is going to be to the Vancouver Warriors going forward. Keegan is uh, the definition of perseverance uh, early in his career uh, you know he, he didn't make uh, make it in the NLL but he kept working at his craft he kept positive you know this is a good message for kids and, and uh, you know that, that aren't successful in any sport in any age group you know he never never pouted he, you know he just kept working and working and working and he had, and he still continues to work, even though he's been successful um, as a uh, individually. You know, his stats are outstanding. Last three years, and like you alluded to, the 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 you know three of the three of the guys, there three of the eight players, or eight players having more than 75 points, and three of those guys aren't first rounders, right? Um, and if you look deeper, um, he's probably the only one that didn't make it to the NLL the first crack, right? So, and I don't know that stat, but I'm just, you know, assuming. But anyways, um, so he, his perseverance is phenomenal and uh, positive attitude. I've had a lot of times chances to talk with him. Uh, he's a pure professional. Um, and the thing from watching um, the Vancouver Warriors games, you know, I've been watching a lot of them from last year, the thing that sticks out to me the most about Keegan is team comes first, um, and you can see it in his play, and you can also see it in his his celebrations of other guys' success on the floor. Like he, he's always one of the first guys in there to to make sure you know when a guy makes a big play, he's right there to let that guy know about. It. So that's that's what I love about. You know, from what I know about Keegan, that's what I love most about him. One of Cordingly's signature, both as a player and throughout his coaching staff experience and his methodology off the bench, is you see that he he wants toughness, he wants grit, he demands that his players are giving it their all for each other on the floor, and as we've talked about, Keegan is a guy who exemplifies that to the maximum. And that is going to be so important uh, for the entire team to have that kind of strength, resiliency, and toughness that Keegan brings to this team and and have everyone meshing on that same level in order to move forward and improve the team's record. It's critical. It's critical because, um, you know, he's a leader, right? And, and, And I'm not necessarily, and I don't know if he's a leader 
um, with a lot of words, but he's the leader with his action. And if I'm a player on this team and I see him going through the wall for our team, um, I have no excuse not to go through the wall like he does. Right. And, you know, the, these are the guys that we want in Vancouver where we're not interested in, in players that are, uh, have their own agenda. Uh, we're not interested in guys that aren't happy and, and excited for other guys' success. Uh, we're not interested in, in uh, yeah, but players. Uh, and, and, you know, um, you know, before camp starts, these guys should be looking at a guy like Keegan and, you know, trying to um, um, emulate or try to be like him because, you know, and I know not everybody's a gifted goal scorer like him or a gifted offensive player, but it doesn't matter what position you play. The team has to come first. And, you know, he's a great example of that. Um, and if we get more guys like that, that prepare like he does and, and do the little things that he does and persevere through tough times, then success will follow. Accordingly admitted that while the offense has made some changes, obviously bringing in Sean Evans is a huge component. And then obviously you've got Mitch Jones coming back and you've got the way that that Kyle and Keegan are playing as well as so many offensive players. And then you've got uh, the defense uh, syncing up and, and Reed Bowering kind of anchoring things down there. There are a lot of amazing pieces for this Vancouver Warriors team, but as their record has shown over the last three years, there is a lot of need for improvement. And and Coach accordingly admits that it might not be that easy to to take those drastic steps, but he is determined to make sure that this team is improving each and every year. Right. Well, I mean, that's going to be a lot of work here. Um, if you look at it, you know, we, we've had, let's just go for the last three years, since we're talking the last three years, Six and twelve, five and thirteen, six and twelve—that doesn't cut it. And you know, everybody can finger point. Uh, you know, it's easy to finger point and 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 you know, blame one or two guys or whatever you have it. But it's a team. It's a team thing. And, and you know, um, we are going to be tougher. And I don't mean tougher as in dirty or, but we are going to be mentally tougher. And and and, and you know. We have to change the culture. Uh, we're not interested in players that are interested in winning. We are. We want players that are obsessed with winning. That will do whatever it takes. And, and you know, those guys are going to be the guys that are successful in making this team. And, and you know, um, you know, we're coming in and it's a clean slate here. And, and you know, we're going to get a good look at, at players here uh, at camp. But, you know, there is a reason why we brought in a Sean Evans. And, and, you know, there is a reason why, you know, we're high on Keegan Ball, right? And, 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 and another Mitch Jones, right? So, um, you know, we've got work to do. Um, and, you know, the one thing that we will never do is we will never quit. Speaking of never quitting, while it's not exactly that time to leave the Matrix just yet, we are at that portion of the show where we are saying goodbye and thank you to our guests from the Vancouver Warriors for for their insights on, on Keegan Ball and for the team. 
But we are moving to the analyst of the week. And this week, we have a guy who sounds so good on the microphone. You can hear him on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. And you can read some of his material on lacrosse at lacrosseflash.com. I am speaking of Tino Farah. So, Tino, you've known uh, Keegan's game and, and followed him for, for several years. Tell me your thoughts on, on Keegan Ball and, and his development as a player. In terms of how important he is, he's, I would say, maybe like half a step behind Mitch Jones in terms of, the, in terms of his, his importance to their offense, but their team as a whole. And you reference as well him having to fight and claw. Like That even goes back to his days in junior. You know, He was a Coquitlam kid that got cut from junior A and then had to go and play for poor Coquitlam junior A and then lit it up there as well. And then, you know, he had his cup of coffee. I believe he got drafted to Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, you know, find himself playing senior B lacrosse until the Warriors eventually gave him another opportunity. And for the most part, he hasn't really looked back. I think, you know, in the, in the early-ish days of him playing for Vancouver, for me personally watching him, I, you know, you see his shot. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that his shot is kind of his bread and butter. But in the earlier days, I was kind of wondering if, you know, like if he can really dial in his, his game inside, I think we're, we're dealing with, you know, a rising star here because everybody's seen the shot, especially on the power play. And, you know, it's not even necessarily the hardest shot. It's just super well placed every time. But there were a couple opportunities in, in his early days where, you know, he would just hesitate for a half second when there's a lane to get on top of the crease and that's all the time it takes for a defender to take that lane away. And like I said, I just remember thinking if he can really dial that in, then he's absolutely going to be a star and, and a well-known name within, within lacrosse and the NLL. And I think in these last couple of years, we've seen him really dial that in where that hesitation isn't there anymore. And if there's an opportunity for him to take it to the net or just get on top of the crease in general, he's going to take it and he's going to use his long reach to, you know, beat elite level goalies. And especially last year with the injury to Mitch Jones, he was kind of put in a situation where this all of a sudden became his offense. And, you know, with Mitch Jones not being there, it's kind of, you know, we're going to sink or swim with Keegan Ball. And even though they ultimately didn't make the playoffs, I I think Keegan Ball really rose to the occasion. I mean, how many times did we see him score just from the point on the power play, you know, not even from a crazy play where it's swinging side to side. He just beats a goalie clean in one of those top corners. I just think now that he's had his handful of seasons and he's dialed in pretty much every aspect of the offensive side of the game, I think between Mitch Jones and Keegan Ball and with the additions now of like Sean Evans and if Adam Charlambides can take another step, I think this offense is going to be real dialed in this season. Thank you so much, Tino, for that amazing contribution. And and I think it's really important that you honed in on Keegan's junior career and the struggles that he had there because it just adds to this amazing story that he's risen uh, from these times of struggle to build himself up into one of the best players in the National Lacrosse League. And before I transition into the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, I did just want to plug Tino's side project outside of lacrosse. It is the Pop Punk Power Hour, which you can find wherever you listen to your podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear more from Tino but you will hear a lot of him in regards to lacrosse throughout this NLL season. So please 
give support to Tino and, and everything that he's doing in his endeavors. Now, moving on to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, I did ask you in regards to Keegan's success over the last three years and his amazing 99-point season last season, where does he rank among all of the NLL's offensive players right now? 38.6% of you said that he is best or 10th best offensively in the league. Then with the most at 41% said 11th to 15th best in the league. Next, we would have at 15.4%, it's 16th to 20th best in the league. And then just a few of you said that he was 21st or higher. So thank you all for contributing to this week's podcast poll of the week. You can always find that on my Twitter at Adam Levy Sports. Thank you to those who contributed. I did just want to take one moment here just to, to talk about something a bit not stats related for for just a second. Obviously, with the National Lacrosse League season coming up, it is exciting to be covering the National Lacrosse League once again, and I am so happy to be able to to tell the stories of so many players, coaches, and, and themes around lacrosse and, and box lacrosse uh, for the National Lacrosse League Players Association, obviously working alongside Zach and, and Reed and, and Riley Hutchcraft, who does socials for them, is, is going to be fantastic. And I'm I'm so happy to be doing that. And also being on board for, for contributing to NLL.com for another year is going to be very exciting. And uh, I'm always so appreciative and, and so thankful that the players, coaches, teams, everyone involved in the sport and, and in the leagues and organizations around box lacrosse and lacrosse in general are so open and welcoming, and it, it really means a lot. Uh, it makes my job so much easier, and uh, I know that we're all doing this for the greater good of the sport and, and to grow the game uh, as best we can. So I'm excited for the projects that I have coming up this year, and, and I'm always going to vow to do my most uh, to, to grow the game and to do what's best for the players and, and for everyone involved with the league and and anyone that is helping to grow this game. So I did just want to say that before we signed off here. Now that we have covered everything that we need to in terms of Keegan Ball in this Vancouver and British Columbia-centric episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, it is unfortunately time to part ways in the Matrix we don't want to encounter any of those crazy drones. We haven't talked about them or seen them in a while, which is good. But we don't want to taunt them and make them feel like they can come after us. So we should get out of here as quickly as we can. Thank you, as always, to all the guests on the podcast this week. Of course, to Keegan Ball, to Kyle Killen, to Logan Schuss, to head coach of the Vancouver Warriors, Troy Cordenly, and to Tino Ferra for all of your guys' contributions. You made this an amazing episode, so thank you all for that. Tune in next week for another amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast. As always, I've been your host, Adam Levy, and I can't wait to take you into the Matrix next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.